episode number 17. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Welcome, my dear listeners. I am so happy to be back and continuing to broadcast from New Jersey while I am here on a family visit. I am very much looking forward to sharing with you this stuck story today, which I have alluded to in a few of the previous episodes. This story is coming from a Getting Unstuck podcast listener. His name is John. And his story has to do with getting stuck on grief over the recent passing of his wife. This story is powerful, and I've listened to it already three times. And each time, the sincerity of John's words move me to tears. Because you can really hear the suffering that John was experiencing And at the same time, you can really witness the transformation he experienced as he allowed himself to go through the stuck method and help himself move to an entirely new place. But before I share that story with you, I'd like to share with you a testimonial. Now, this one is going to be kind of funny because the testimonial I'm going to give you is actually from me. So as I mentioned, I'm on a family trip. And if you recall from episode number 13, I read a story from my book about how easily people can get stuck while on family vacations, because we unconsciously expect things to be hunky-dory, when of course, life never is hunky-dory. And so I was thinking about this the other day because I am now halfway through our month-long family trip and it's been going quite amazingly. And I was thinking to myself how amazing that is and how is it even possible because typically at this point in the vacation, there's a lot of built-up tension between different family members And it's usually the time when something is just about to explode. And yet this time, there's none of that. And I was just thinking about that to myself and how, how is that even possible? And the conclusion I came to was that nobody in my family has changed. Not my mother, not my father, not my siblings, not the neighbors, not the people in the community. Nobody has changed. Everybody, more or less, has stayed the same. And the only person who has changed is me. I've changed simply because I've become much more aware of when I get stuck. And even more so, I've changed because I've learned to do the work to get unstuck and really nip those stuck situations in the bud as quickly as possible 
so that they don't turn into an explosion, which otherwise later I would regret. Like I said, no one else has changed. My family members still may be, and probably are, still doing things that trigger me, but I have changed. I have learned how I have the power to choose my response in any and every situation. And I realize more and more each day, it is in those responses that lie my freedom and my growth. And it is because of that work that I am doing on myself, my dear friends, that this family trip has been going so well. And it's why I encourage all of you not to listen to this podcast simply as a source of entertainment, but as an opportunity for you to really look into your own lives and to see where you can practice getting unstuck. Okay, so here we go. Please listen to John's story. So my name is John Eichenberger. I'm a mental health counselor in the state of New York, United States of America. This is my stuck story. It is entitled, Consider Giving Up Thinking Too Much. The content in this story is painful as it is working through the recent death of my wife from cancer. Her name is Helen. When I realized that I was really struggling with grief and her death, I remembered the stuck method, which I use for myself and also recommend for my clients to use. My stop in this case was to get up and do something. As I was laying in bed awake one night, thinking too much. I took a walk. The old saying goes, move a muscle, change a feeling. And while I was doing that, I realized that I was able to tell myself what I was stuck on specifically. And there were three main things. I am stuck on sadness. I am stuck on fear. I am stuck on guilt. So the next step to uncover and consider these beliefs, I'll take each one at a time. About being stuck on sadness, what I was telling myself was that I have lost something I valued above everything and life will never be good again. As I considered that, I realized that four months ago, I would have said that was perfectly accurate. And what supported that belief was that the last few months were about watching Helen draw away from life. Emotionally, physically. It's not that she stopped loving me, but she stopped caring about life, the world, and almost everything. And to see the end of our togetherness that had strengthened us for over 35 years felt like the very edge of what I could bear. Then I considered what does not support the belief, and that is that over time I've discovered a kind of relief. First, my wife, Helen, is no longer suffering. She had been sick for some time and really hated watching her life ebbing away. She hated thinking she was holding me back, 
hated struggling all day to do simple things and being afraid, not of dying, but of hurting. And it was a relief not to watch her really hate that. Second, I felt a relief that I no longer had to buck up her feelings, try to find happy things to make her feel better. And what I consider about sadness is that the loss I have experienced is not the end of all joy. I can now pay attention to my children and my grandchildren. I can get out in the world again and discover new things. And I'm looking forward to traveling. So I ended up that deciding that the sadness belief was about 50% accurate. It's still there. Sadness is always about loss, and I can live with 50%. The rest just becomes a part of me. I said I was stuck on fear, and I thought, realized that what I was thinking was I won't be able to handle life without Helen. And I considered what I had done since the time of her death. I'd moved to a new home. I was building my practice. I was taking over functions in the household that previously she had done. Actually, I've been doing that for some time, and I realized that I have really handled life on a daily basis, with or without her. So I realized that the fear belief is 0% accurate, and I just consider that I am handling life daily. The last belief that, or thought that I was stuck on, the guilt belief that I failed Helen in some way, as I considered it and tested it for accuracy, I realized that what supported the belief that was that there were times when I totally failed to understand her emotions and some of her needs, even as I was taking care of her. We became frustrated with each other. Sometimes I made the wrong choice in trying to figure out what to do, and sometimes I got it right. What did not support the belief that I failed her was all the care that I put into making her, the time that she had left, comfortable. Making sure, making sure she knew how much I loved her. And all the other things I've already described where I did what I could to help her through this time. And in the end, she was at peace. I'd say the guilt belief is about 2% accurate. There were times I failed. But then, as I consider, I have the support of some good friends who watched us as we walked through this landscape. And people who keep telling me there was nothing I fell short in in taking care of my wife, Helen. I'm willing to consider they are right. Because it's still hard for me to see that myself. But I'm letting go of thinking too much about that. By listening to people who saw this as it happened. So I can tell myself it's okay that I got stuck. 
I can tell myself that it's okay because anybody would get stuck in this. And I allow myself to enjoy life, whatever it gives me now, especially with my family and with new friends in my new place to live. I can live with that, and it's okay. The sadness is still there. You cannot experience loss without that. It will always be there. But I'm not stuck on it. It's not cutting out good things that are happening in my life. We just celebrated the birth of my third grandchild. And with him and with the two beautiful girls who were born before him, I find a great deal of happiness. With new friends that I have and with old friends, I find you don't need so many friends to feel supported and strengthened. Going through the unstuck process cut lots of big seeming thoughts and beliefs right down to size. Our minds can inflate the importance of things that don't matter as much as you think they do. It matters that I had 35 years with Helen. It matters that I still mourn her loss even alongside the joys. It doesn't matter if there were a few things I didn't get 100% right while I was taking care of her. It doesn't matter that I was afraid. I'm no longer afraid. Challenging my thoughts and my feelings through the stuck method forced me to take a more accurate measure of how thoughts and feelings really work in me. Having gone through the process with my own question makes me think of walking through the woods where there is no path. The first time is hard, but do it for a week and the way becomes clear. That is my stuck story. Thank you. John, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I have now listened to your story for the fourth time, and again, it has brought me to tears. I have not gone through your situation, but as you shared your story, images of people that I know came to mind, and your story reminded me of how painful and how scary going through that process can be. I'm so grateful that you found this method and that you are using it not only with your patients and your clients, but on yourself. I'm so relieved that you have been able to get to a place where you can realize happiness is still possible in your life and that while sadness still may be a part of you forever because of your loss of your dear Helen, you can realize that you can still handle life on a daily basis and still find great meaning from your family and from traveling. And I'm also so grateful to hear of the support you have of your friends who are constant reminders to you and how they remind you that you never fell short of your role as a caretaker when Helen was sick. I thank you so much for sharing your story. 
I have no doubt that your story is going to inspire so many people around the world who are either grieving as you are or know of someone who is and they can share this story with them. I know it's not easy to share our stories with one another, but at the same time, I know for sure how much our stories bring us all together as one, because we are all a part of the same humanity. No matter where we live, no matter what our gender is, no matter what language we speak or what religion we practice, we are all one and the same. And we can inspire one another with the work we do on ourselves by sharing those stories with each other. So, John, once again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you are listening to this and you have a story that you would like to share with me and with this audience, please head over to my website, thestuckmethod.com, to learn more how you can do just that. And please stay tuned for next week's episode, which I am planning to broadcast from the beach of Ocean City which is the location where I got triggered about three years ago by someone who I ultimately chose not to speak with for the next three years because I simply could not forgive this person for the action that she did. Tune in here and learn how after three years, I not only considered forgiving her. I did forgive her. It's a super powerful story that I'm sure everyone who hears it will resonate with. Okay, so that is all for this week. And until next time, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.